sorry about the delousing rod. It's standard procedure. It's powdered sugar. The lice hate the sugar. Listen, Rod's delicious. Uh, good. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode 109. We are in full containment here in the <laughs> My Bleeding Ears home, so there is no reason there shouldn't be an episode this week. Nope. I am working from home indefinitely. And I am just home. I don't have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid for it, so it's pretty yeah. nice. So he's on vacation while I'm working. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> nice. See, now you know how it feels. <laughs> you take those week-long vacations, I'd have to go to work, and now, yeah, here, the, the shoe is on the other foot now. Yeah, but you're not at home just watching me fuck around. Well, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> There's nowhere to go, I, or else I would have been long gone out of here. I would have been at the Galloping Ghost Arcade playing video games, yeah. but unfortunately they're closed, too. Everything's mm-hmm. closed, so. So, but that gives us extra time to watch stuff. Yeah. So, what have we watched lately? So, this, I'm pretty sure I already talked about this because I saw it in the theaters because it got panned and I had to know. It's Serenity, the most recent Serenity from last year with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. Not the Serenity that's good that Joss Whedon wrote. Right. So, I thought I'd bring it up again because I made you watch it because I needed you to know. And I guess that's kind of payback for all the fucking movies I make you watch on here <laughs> for for us to watch this movie. Yes. And, uh, oh, man. this. At least, you know, in this movie they tried something different. I got to give it to them. They sure did. But they, they failed. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's that much of a fail, really. It's just... It's something that's new, and it just didn't work. No. And the premise is just bizarre. The twist, I guess. So, yeah. um, We're following around Matthew McConaughey on this island where he's been hunting for this big fish. Mm -hmm. And then we find out this whole thing isn't reality. This is in some computer program by his son. Even though the Matthew McConaughey character died a long time ago. This character, uh, this kid, wants to keep him in his memories and still have a relationship with him. So he creates this computer program because his mom is now seeing a, a drunken idiot who beats her and beats him and everything. Right. Played by Jason Clark, eternal bad guy. Right. <laughs> so it's a parallel movie of what's happening in Matthew McConaughey's world is happening also somewhat in the kid's world. Um, then everything comes to a head at the end, and it's just... And the twist is that Matthew McConaughey died in a war. Right. This is all fake. Yeah. 
And the kid goes to kill Jason Clark. Yeah. The end. He does. <laughs> so. <laughs> kid like 10. 10, maybe. 11, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the movie. Wow, what a fucking weird movie. <laughs> I told you I needed you to know. Yeah. Now you know. Now you Sorry. all know. <laughs> Now you don't have to watch it since you know. So. Or watch it. I mean, if this piques your interest, it is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that's not even the best word it's to not. explain this movie. Wow. What <laughs> what a fucking what a fucking movie. <laughs> Alright, next one. Alright. Um, next movie is The Grudge. The Grudge, the remake, reboot. I need remix. to see it. Yes. Now, this movie got fucking panned. It, it was, did. It's a January movie, and yeah. they released it on video on demand now because of the plague. And which they're going to be doing with a, a lot of movies that just came out lately, like The Invisible Man, which I really want to see. I think they're releasing it too. tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. To buy. To buy. But, um, you know, we would have paid, what, over 30 bucks to go to, see it. To go it. see it anyway, yeah. yeah. So, okay, cool. And I think they're going to be releasing a lot more movies like this. Like yeah. The Hunt also, I think they're, they're <clears throat> Yeah, they're releasing too. The Hunt tomorrow too, and I would like to see both. So. Yeah, I want to see both of those. Um, so yeah, our next movie, which, oh, that was uh, The Grudge. I didn't hate it. Neither did I. It's, I don't know why you're all so mad. It's fine. Yeah, you're... It's nothing special. Yeah, you're just picking backing off a movie that was okay to begin with. Yeah. And trying to do something different with it, which I gotta give it to you, they... they Try to do something a little different with this movie. Mm-hmm. And it might not have worked. It might have. Uh, but I thought it was okay. It wasn't a great movie at all. Yeah. But there, it was fine. It yeah. wasn't horrible. Like, don't pan it so hard that I have to defend it and tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's no blood rain. Oh, yeah. It's not that bad. It's, it's competently made. Yeah. But, yeah, uh... Don't bother with it. No. Just, just stick to the original or the remake original or whatever. I wouldn't pay for it. I did, but I shouldn't have. So wait till it's free and then watch it. Right. Yeah. Some uh, there was some tension in there. There's some creepy parts. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fine. Not great. <sighs> Next. Next. Scream, comma queen. This is the documentary that was just released. Oh, how did we watch it? it Amazon? Was, oh, shit. I how think late. it was on Amazon. It's a documentary that follows... Uh, it's a documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, mm. which um, is largely recognized as a homoerotic movie between mm. the main character, who is a boy in high school instead of a girl, and uh, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. um, it's what it's kind of revered by the gay horror community as being this homoerotic movie. When there are no name another homoerotic movie like that, uh, yeah, homoerotic uh, like horror movie. Not too many, no. Um, no. Jeez, not really. I can't think of too many. Yeah, horror <laughs> movies where the cast is largely gay, sure, but I wouldn't right. call that a homoerotic horror right, movie. Right, right, yeah. So it was really interesting. It wasn't just talking. You weren't just getting to know the premise of the movie and its following. You were also getting to know its star and uh, what he was going through as a kind of closeted gay man 
in the 80s when the AIDS outbreak was happening and how people who were in New York or L.A. were out and then kind of had to go back and Mm. how this movie just kind of destroyed his movie and the AIDS epidemic and being gay sort of destroyed his career. Right. Along, he actually contracted HIV around that time, too. But luckily, the cocktail was around and he ended up surviving. Yes. So he is okay. Yes. Um, And doing a lot of cons. Yeah, he's doing right a, now, lot, a yeah. lot of conventions, and he spoke a lot about that, too. He's like, he, he he's not really that comfortable with it, <laughs> but he, yeah. I think he, he's finding his way, like, to accept it, you know, and seeing that there's actually people out there, and, and gay men, even, who watch that movie and got what it's about, and even helped them throughout their lives. Yeah, really connected with it, which is amazing. Yeah, and that's cool. I'd... I like that aspect of, of of the movie, and yeah, it's cool to see him just kind of come around throughout the movie until the end, where he actually confronts the the writer of the movie. Yes, which um, there was a little conflict between them, and yeah, and that's kind of the climax of the film, where he's like, "You said before that this wasn't like a homoerotic movie, then you said it was, and you keep going back and forth in between and right. trying to take credit for something." Even though initially you said it wasn't, it was now homophobic. It is. Yeah, and you blame me for the movie failing, or not not necessarily failing. Because the movie did really well in the uh, right. in the theater. I mean, it was it did better than the first one. But I, he was attacked. Yes. For yeah, by. And then homophobes. even like he would read the comments that people would write about the movie, and just he'd feel horrible about it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of fucking assholes out there. Yeah, <clears throat> it was really disturbing to see. It's yes. Very sad. Yeah. It is, but. Uh, it all ends up all right at the end, you know. They all, all the stars of the movie get together and they talk about it, and they're like, um, they talk to the director too. He said he had no idea about any of this stuff. Yeah, he's kind of a prick, yeah. <laughs> but the writer genuinely apologized. Yes, to him. he does, and it was a good apology that that the actor accepted. And he was like, Mark, yeah, he listened to what I said and everything, and that's right. what he wanted, and mm-hmm. he got that. But yeah, the director, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you didn't know. Trying Bullshit. to think about someone aside from you for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was great. It's on Amazon. Check it out. Yeah. And the last movie, um, just to get out of the house, uh, we went to see Life Force at the Music Box yes. Theater, where we see uh, a film festival called Cinepocalypse. We love going there. It is now closed. It's closed, so yeah. Well, not forever, just for... Not forever, till April 1st right now. Right. Yeah. Probably a little more after that. Probably, I yeah, I have a feeling. Um, so I haven't, I'd only seen it once, and I haven't seen it in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it once again. It's yeah. go ahead and explain the premise. You did it best. <laughs> uh, it's uh, naked space vampires, pretty mm-hmm. much um, that take over the world, or, or it seems like this this um, this group of vampires that resides in Haley's Comet. Right. Um, ends up taking over worlds, but we don't see that. That's all in the past. And they just suck the life force out of whomever the, the person is. Um, be it like a human or from another planet, an alien-like creature, they'll suck the life force out of them and then they become kind of space vampires too, more like zombies in a way. Right, for a little bit. Yeah. And they need to... For two hours, they need to find another 
human or whomever who isn't infected so they can feed off them so they can keep living. Right. So it's, and that will happen until, well, I mean, the world's over, <laughs> until right. they get all their, mm-hmm. their souls and their life forces out. It was interesting to watch during a pandemic. <laughs> it, it was, it was. Um, and yes, uh, this woman is new and on screen for a good amount of time. Yeah, most of the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, what I did, I remember reading or, or hearing on uh, a commentary or something that's, she didn't, I don't think she spoke English in this movie. Well, she does. Well, she doesn't speak English at all. Right. So they had to phonetically tell her or teach her to say these lines. Oh, wow. Hmm. So. So kind of like uh, Ron Perlman in Spanish movies yes. and French y- movies. Yes. <laughs> or like even that one actor in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where uh, the the main tribesmen or whomever in this, in uh Bangladesh, wherever they are, is um, telling them that um, they stole all the kids and everything. Um, but he was, he didn't speak English at all, but he was right. a big actor from where he's from. So they got him and then, then phonetically taught him his lines. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, it's interesting. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know why. I guess maybe because, I mean, she has a really great body. <laughs> She's really beautiful. Wow. She also looks really young the whole time i was a little uncomfortable like okay she's at least 18 right she has to be 18 possibly mm. i think she i think she's over 18 okay but i believe i believe this in england they can show girls topless at the very least if they're 16 and up i Yikes. think okay she I mean she's got a merkin on but yeah because um, I, I know there's this this movie uh, called The Hole, and they show Keira Knightley topless in it. And oh, she was only 16 right. in 16, that movie. Yeah. Like 16 or 17, so. So, incredibly beautiful, but it made me, I was kind of cringing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the theater was really quiet during that time, yeah. too. Because it's most men going like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And women going, wow, she looks way too young <sighs> for me to be seeing all this. <laughs> Great movie, though. It's it's, yeah. it's a unique film. Mm-hmm. Toby like, Hooper, never, right? Yeah. yeah. Ne- never mm-hmm. seen anything like this before. So, yeah, I had a great time watching it this time. It was fun to see it in 70 mil uh, on the big screen. It was a really good time. Uh, but, yeah, that's probably the last movie we were going to see in the theaters for a little while. Yep. Uh, another movie that we saw, I'm sure you, you didn't watch all that much, but it was on. Yeah. It was called Reeker. Right. I didn't watch it very much. No. <laughs> um, some, some hell was kind of breaking loose. Can you, all right. I've been very busy at work. So, no, this was way after work. <laughs> all right. Uh, what no, do you, it wasn't. I was still working. Were you I was working? texting the SVPs oh, about right. something they thought was urgent. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a break on it then. Yeah, I was working. Uh, this one's about the Grim Reaper, but he smells really bad, and he's made of mechanical parts, and, he's, and uh, he reeks. Yeah, oh, Grim, Grim Reaper. Completely missed that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you did not watch this movie. You had a at all. lot going on. <laughs> I originally saw this movie back in 2006, before I believe it came out. My friend came over um, from out of town. He's like, I got some movies, so we got we watched this one, and he had this other film, which is fucking hor- horrible. It's a series. <laughs> I even forgot the full name of it. It's like puke torture dolls or something like that. And it's just about this. <laughs> This crackhead, like, detailing her life, and it's all artistic, and she's puking all over the place. It's just fucking <laughs> gross. 
but yeah, this one, uh, it's just kind of a throwaway movie. It's okay, and it does what it, yeah. it's supposed to do. Uh, it's slasherish kind of film. So yeah, yeah, might as well check it out. It's not the greatest, but it's not horrible. And there's some pretty decent effects in the movie too. So uh, I give it a mild checkout. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should watch it someday. It's on, what Amazon, Hulu? I forget. It was on Hulu. We started. Hulu. We started going through the Hulu page. Yeah. And we're just getting through tons of crap on the horror section. And then finally, we started, like, towards the end of the list, we started getting towards the real gems. So, like, good stuff. Same yeah. with Netflix. Why are you putting all the shit at the top? Right. You have all the good stuff at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Not those peanuts. The ones on the bottom. <laughs> uh, and I think that's about Yeah, I think we watched some other stuff. You I watched, can't like, what, Return of the Living Dead Oh, yeah. Or Return something. of the Living Dead 3. 3. That's right. How much of that movie did you watch? Some. I am busy. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> like eight o'clock at night i know it's i have my laptop and cell phone at home and literally everybody in my department which is like 60 people have my cell phone number so when something goes wrong and i'm happy i love my job i love my job i do i was busy so okay return of the living dead part three yeah that one was uh i haven't seen that one in a while it's okay here here's my thing on the return of the living dead series Mm -hmm. first one i think is great Fucking yes. masterpiece. Agreed. I'll give it that one. They did something new with the zombies, and it worked. They did it in a way where it's funny, but it's not... It, it's situationally funny. Yes. And the second one just kills it and tries to just be outright funny in parts. Yeah. And goofy and silly. And even though the first one is kind of goofy and silly, it's played in a way to where it's not saying, Hey, laugh at these parts. Like the second one does. And I yeah. don't like the second one at all. I think it's stupid. The third one, though, I think is better. Mm-hmm. Because instead of showing you how funny it is, this one kind of pulls back on the humor. <clears throat> and places the humor a little more on the the interactions with the zombies. Not with just the zombies themselves. Which they tried to do in the second one. Right. Still not a great movie, but they tried something different, and you got half-naked zombie uh, with piercings and everything, which is, you know, it it fits the time that it came out, which I want to say is, like, early to Mm mid-90s. You're coming in, uh, piercings, ooh, they're so taboo, and now it's just, everyone's, everyone's got piercings everywhere now, it's... It's it's part of the norm, along right. with tattoos. Like it's, it was interesting to me because it's played by the actor who plays Rachel Bilson's mom on the OC and <laughs> Matt's mom on the Vampire Diaries. So I've only ever seen her play a mom, like a hot mom. Now you get to see her play a half naked teenager. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> with piercings and and now she puts glass and nails through her skin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one it's okay. It's all right. Not the greatest, not not anywhere near as good as the first one, but yeah, on Tubi, right? Was it? Yeah, I it was Tubi. It was on Tubi. Look yeah. at Tubi rules, man. It's I got all kinds of stuff. You just have to watch a few minutes of advertisement. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. Not too bad. But that about wraps it up for us with yep. our little mini reviews, and we'll be right back with our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, 
home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1992 Abel Ferreira film, The Bad Lieutenant, or Bad Lieutenant is what it's called, not the Bad Lieutenant. Right. Um, if you're not up or in with the Abel Ferreira movies, they're a little different than your usual either gangster films or dramas or anything. It's very kind of quiet, very long shots. Um, it can seem kind of boring. In, in certain times because it's not a bunch of stuff happening. There's not a lot of people talking all the time. Right. It's a lot of reactions, a lot of silence, <clears throat> which really helps you get in the mood of these movies. Now, with this one, a Bad Lieutenant, is about Harvey Keitel, who works for the police force. He's a lieutenant, and he's just a real piece of shit. He, yeah. um, he has about, like, five or six kids, yet he goes out and um, has a few girlfriends on the side, does a lot of drugs, uh, steals drugs from crime scenes or wherever he can to sell, and he gambles a lot, uh, a lot, and puts people in danger. He's pretty <laughs> sloppy about the drug stealing, too. Yeah, he's not he the best. He drops the drugs right in front of the cops. He's like, yeah, get the, the yeah, bag it and label it. Right. <laughs> and while we're seeing all these bad things about the bad lieutenants, there's the... Uh, the main kind of plot of the movie is that a nun was raped and brutally assaulted by two young men. Mm-hmm. And this ends up becoming the focal point of the movie. Now, um, we watched the R-rated version of this movie, which I think was good to watch it with you as as the R-rated part, because the, the rape scene in this movie is pretty graphic and pretty yeah. brutal. They don't show a lot of the stuff that they say later on happened to her. It happens quick. It's a lot of quick shots. You see thrusts. You don't see insertion or anything, but you do see thrusting. You do see a woman getting her clothes ripped off. Mm-hmm. see pubic area and everything, too. And this whole scene was cut down to about five seconds, as in the original... I th- think it's probably about 30, 40, maybe even a minute of this happening. Um, so I don't really think that you needed that part in the movie. Right. But there's another scene in the movie to where the nun is being checked out by doctors and they're telling you what all happened to her. Right. And you get to see um, her non-reactions of this happening. Uh and you get to see the reactions of the police who are involved in this, too. You get to see the reaction of Harvey Keitel, who is this horrible person who does horrible things, yet this horrible thing that happened to her is upsetting him, and he's has an interest in it. Uh, he believes that these guys should be punished in, uh, uh, maybe not put into the system, but punished kind of vigilante style. Right. But yet she forgives them, because mm-hmm. she's a nun. She finds it in her heart or she goes by what she's taught of that forgiveness is the way to go uh, not justice so um, through this movie we uh, 
we learn also that the bad Lieutenant Harvey Keitel is just, uh, he's trying, he's gambling a lot. He just made 15 grand and he puts that 15 grand on a baseball playoff series between the Dodgers and the Mets. Now the, the, the Dodgers are up three, zero, three games to zero on the Mets in the playoff series. You only need four to win. So he thinks the Dodgers are a lock, even though they're in New York right now, and the Mets are from New York, that he keeps betting on the Dodgers, yet he keeps telling his co-workers to bet on the Mets. And the Mets actually keep winning, and right. the Dodgers keep losing. So he's he's down at one point 60 grand because he keeps betting on the Dodgers and they keep losing. And, yeah. and throughout that time, too, he, he's stealing shit from drug deals, he's... Uh, Selling drugs so you can get money. <laughs> Hiring hookers. Hiring hookers. Yeah. And there's another scene in the beginning of this movie, which they inserted a completely new, different scene into here, because mm-hmm. what I was used to is completely different. So in about 15 minutes in the movie, after we're seeing him do all these horrible things, uh, he goes to this one house or apartment building, and there's these two women in there talking and drinking and smoking weed. And he comes in there with some bottles of liquor, and they talk a little bit, they drink, they get fucked up, they start dancing with each other and everything. And then um, you get to see Harvey Keitel just kind of laying back on a seat, slugging vodka. (laughs) He's getting all over himself. Fucking wasted. Now, that scene wasn't in the original movie. The original one I'm, I'm used to seeing is when he enters, or when he first uh, gets to the apartment, these two women are already having sex. And they're already fooling around with each other high and everything. Mm -hmm. And he ends up joining in, and the next cut, you see him fully naked, walking uh, with his arms off to his side and his head atilt a little bit. And how can I tell? He's, what, in this movie, he's probably in his 40s. He's fucking built. He's (laughs) He's a built dude. So he's kind of uh, walking with his arms out, going, me, 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 like that, like really weird, because he's all fucked up. Yeah. And then that, that scene ends, and then you that, it cuts back to what the movie is, and he he uh, goes back on the job after getting wasted and comes up to like this uh, corner-like store where these two men have just robbed this other store owner, and he's fucking wasted. He's telling you know, these guys just shut up. Uh, tells the the store owner to go file a report with the other police officer who was in there to begin with, and he ends up telling the guys who stole the money, just give me the money, <laughs> and then I'll <laughs> let you go. And he lets him go and gives him the money. So he ends up ripping off everyone. Right, right. <laughs> and um, one of the next scenes after that, which was cut also, <clears throat> was cut in half. There's this scene, to, and this movie is really telling you, showing you that you should hate this motherfucker. Yeah. He is... I know. Bad I think news. I know what scene you're going to say, and I'm glad that was cut too. And I read about it. Right. What happens? He pulls over these two girls who are obviously young, and in the cut we saw, we don't learn their age. The cut we didn't see, we learn that they're like 16, 17 years old. Yeah. And they don't have a license or anything. They're out partying. He pulls them over, and he's like saying, "You know, I'll... he's just questioning them totally." And he he already had an idea what he was going to do before he even pulled up there. Right. It's like you know, your dad's going to be mad. Just keeps. Keeps questioning him, questioning him, and he uh, ends up in the movie. And what we saw, it cuts when he says, you know, you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts to him coming out of his car looking all wasted again, not knowing what had happened. And sure, that can be kind of effective if I hadn't seen the original cut. 
because he comes out of his car and you don't know what he might have done with those girls. Yeah. Who knows? Right. But in the original cut, what he does is that he stands at their window when he pulled them over and tells them, one girl, to to bend over and show her ass and he said, tells the other girl to show him what it, she looks like when she's sucking a dick. So while they're doing that, he starts masturbating in front of them and once he finishes, he just fucking leaves. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking which one is more effective. And it kind of sucks for me because I'd seen that scene already and then just to have it cut out and just have him getting out of his car... Which, now that I'm thinking about it, really doesn't work all that well. Because right. he he is against physically abusing women because he's there's this case of the nun. Right. Um, and yet, when they do that quick cut and he just gets out of his car, you're led to believe that he did something, he physically harmed them, or hell, maybe even murdered them, if you would think that way. Right. But in this case, he masturbated in front of them and left. I agree. And I, I'm struggling with it, too, once I read what the scene actually was. Uh, because I do think, yeah, you're right. It illustrates that, okay, fine, he didn't touch them. It's mm-hmm. still sexual assault. Right. But, oh, fine, he didn't touch them. But he should not feel superior to rapists in any way. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I have concerns that if I had watched that scene... I wouldn't have wanted to finish the movie. I think mm-hmm. I would have decided, like, okay, this is a story that I don't need to hear about mm-hmm. in a sea of stories that right. I could see. So this would have this would have stopped you from like watching the rest of the movie where there is somewhat redemption or um, following Jesus' path. Yeah, <laughs> in a way. I don't even know. I that's a t- I'm struggling with that. Definitely. You know how I feel about the anti-hero. I yes. hate them. I don't like their stories. I just mm-hmm. don't. And, okay, let's talk about King of New York. Uh-huh. He's an anti-hero. Yes. But he really does believe he's doing the right thing, and he's not really doing anything so morally wrong that I have a problem with him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that movie's so good. And then I watched this movie, uh-huh. and I felt like I needed to take a shower. Yeah, it's, it's a hard watch. But yeah. let's let's not think... Of the bad lieutenant himself right. for a second. Let's think of the decision that's brought upon him later on in this movie. <clears throat> right. Which is, I think, 50-50 people would feel one way or the other. Because after all this goes down, um, he finds out that there's $50,000 to whomever catches the people who did this to this nun. Right. And right now, at that point in time, he's down $60,000, and he only has about thirty grand on him, because earlier in the movie, he stole a bunch of drugs, and he, and he gave it to another guy, and then later on in the movie, he ends up meeting with that guy, and he gives him the profits of it. Right. Which is another funny scene, and cool scene, too, where he ends up at the, his, his drug supplier, the guy he gives the drugs to to sell, he ends up going there, and his drug dealer guy is just all nice to him, he's like, hey, come on, sit in my house... And it's like a Latino family, and um, they're about to eat dinner, and there's a lot of religious imagery around. And, of course, he's all fucked up still from drugs and drinking and everything. Plus, he doesn't uh, he owes a lot of money now because the Dodgers keep fucking losing. Right. <laughs> and, he, and he's just sitting in this house waiting for the drug dealer to bring him some money. He's just sitting on the, the couch with his mother or his grandmother or whoever, or his abuela. And uh, it's it's it's... 
I like that scene a lot because he's just sitting on there just waiting for this money, very speechless, and then there's this elderly woman sitting next to him kind of just looking at him. Right. And they, um, he ends up going, like, Dodgers are going to win the next game. She's like, I know, I know, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and she gives him money, and so he's got 30 grand. He could get 50. So he goes and he speaks to the nun himself for the first time in this movie other than just being on the sidelines listening to other cops interrogate him because that was part of it before which is actually my favorite my new favorite scene of this movie is the interrogation scene with the police officers when they're they're speaking to the nun they're asking her a whole bunch of questions and she responds to none of them right but the questions they're asking can apply to anyone because this movie is saying like um Anyone could be a drug dealer. Anyone could fall on these hard times. Anyone could be a, a gambling addict. Anyone. Because the cops are asking, is he black? Is he white? Is he Latino? Did he have earrings? Is he, did, do you know what kind of job he had? Did, did he do this? Did he do that? Yeah. And these, all these questions could apply to the bad lieutenant himself who's listening to this interrogation go on and he kind of just leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. so he's like, oh, fuck. I mean, that, that, all those things they said could be me and I could be this person. And it kind of, I think that's like the first time it kind of hits this guy. Because yeah. earlier on in the movie, he's like, ah, oh, none got raped, kind of whatever, kind of thing. And one of the police officers was upset with him. And he's, anyway. Um, so he meets up with a nun and, and says to her, he's like, what? I like, why don't you want to see justice? And she's like, no, I, I've already forgiven him in the eyes of God and everything. And you can kind of see there's somewhat of a struggle on her face. Because he really wants to capture these guys, one, to get the money, and two, to somewhat redeem himself, he thinks. Right. And she keeps telling him she won't tell him who they are, even though she knows who they are and knows where they are. And what she ends up saying to him is, ask God, and he will tell you. So in this church, he's fucked up, has his 30 grand on him, needs that money, and Jesus appears to him. And Jesus um, doesn't say a word. All it is is Harvey Keitel saying, you let this happen, you let this happen, then kind of reverses and says, I'm sorry, I do a lot of bad things. Tell me what to do, show me what to do. He crawls to Jesus, and which is, that that shot of Jesus is kind of scary to me. It's, yeah, I agree. It, it's a creepy Jesus. But it's, I mean, do you think Jesus, <laughs> after getting crucified and everything, is going to look like a rock star? No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what he fucking looks like, man. like a mess, and especially in your drug-infused hallucinations. <laughs> yes, and he ends up approaching the Jesus, asking forgiveness, what to do, and he looks up at Jesus' feet after kissing them and sees a elderly woman standing there, um, who ends up having this chalice. That was part of the church that was stolen and pawned off. Uh, pawned off to her husband, she says, and that she just wanted to return this chalice to the church. And he know, she knows exactly where the boys are. So mm-hmm. Jesus is showing him the way. It's just his decision on what, how to handle that. Right. And so he can either arrest these boys and take them in, collect the reward... Or he can forgive them and send them on their way. Um, so, yeah, I think there's that, that moral question at the end. What would you do? He did that to save his own life. Even though at the end he could have used that money to pay off mm-hmm. the gambler, uh, the bookie or whatever. 
but he chooses to save these boys instead and ends up getting killed himself at the very end of the movie. Yep. Uh, and which is a, a, a kind of a tough pill to swallow if he's doing this to two boys who raped a nun, put cigarettes out on her vagina, um, shoved a cross up there, up her yeah. vagina and stuff like that. Like, um, horrific things. And yet, of course, the the, the nun forgives. Right. And, and yeah, for me, it was if you could do something like that to a human being, I don't believe you're capable of being remorseful about it. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were. And I don't think they were trying to tell us that. No, I don't think they were trying to tell us that they were remorseful at all, because it didn't seem like they were remorseful right. when he finally does catch up to them. And But it does bug me that he lets them go. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah. She forgave them. Yeah. And then if he didn't, he would... He didn't forgive them, too. He would just keep being that bad person. That's the idea, yeah. So he gave them the $30,000 and puts them on the bus to California and sends them off. And he's having a hard time doing this, too. This is fucking killing him inside. Because he knows that money he can use to get himself out of shit and maybe keep living. But he's going to take this sacrifice for these two young men and give them another chance because the nun has already given them another chance another chance to do the exact same thing to another woman is what i was thinking but sure quite yes. possibly yeah because mm-hmm. that's that's part of of what harvey Keitel, the bad lieutenant says to the nun because he's like she's like i forgive them and he's like well if we don't do anything about this this could po- they could possibly harm other women right. other nuns mm-hmm. and what do you think of that and that's when she tells him to ask god because mm-hmm. she didn't have an answer she i mean she couldn't have an answer with what she follows, she stayed true to what she was following, mm-hmm. which I gotta give her credit for that. For this this character, credit for that. So, um, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty tough movie to watch, and yeah. you got kind of lucky because you didn't have to watch some of those parts. Yeah, there's a whole like another minute scene they cut out too, where you remember that scene where, where Harvey Keitel meets up with another one of his girlfriends that he has, it's where he starts smoking crack, and then later on, another scene with them is that they. Um, she shoots shoots him up with heroin. Yeah. And then what we don't see is that she also shoots herself up with heroin, but we get to watch Harvey Keitel watch her do it. Okay. And that whole part's cut, too. Because this was an why. NC-17 movie. Yeah. Back in the mm-hmm. 90s. Well, I would think back in the 90s, you show someone actually shooting up, even though it's probably not heroin yeah. in there, it's probably just saline. Sure. Harvey Keitel actually gets shot up with, with something. Yeah. And they show it. And okay, I you see. You could think in the early 90s. Because now, like, look at The Walking Dead. Even though we haven't watched that show in a while, they were showing some pretty graphic shit in that in yeah. that show. Mm-hmm. And it was on just uh, your basic cable, which, hell, they didn't show that stuff in the 90s. Like, all those Joe Bob Briggs movies, they were cut to shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, I didn't watch very often because those movies were cut to shit. And it, it wasn't worth watching them. They took out all the good parts that right. those movies show you. And then... <clears throat> So, but now they show all that shit all the time. Right. But, okay, I get it. Yeah, this is a tough movie. It's a rough movie to watch, but um, it's it's been a staple since I first saw it. And I first saw it when I was like 12 years old. And although I didn't pick up on any, anything that first time I watched it, through subsequent viewings, I did. Uh, but the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, that's kind of boring and it's pretty brutal with these scenes. Yeah. So I, I think this movie kind of is for an older audience. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, that's that's 
fucking bad lieutenant. It's I haven't seen the remake or I was sequel ask or whatever. You, how does the Nicolas Cage one compare? <sighs> we don't know. It's all about your subtleties, man. And yeah. and he's not a subtle actor. Harvey Keitel is. Right. Like how, there's the just the the scene where he meets up with his bookie and he's bookie's telling him, "Dude, you got to pay this guy money. Quit putting money down." Like this guy's not no joke, and he's just kind of laughing at him. Can you can you imagine Nicolas Cage in that scene where no. he's laughing, is being all hysterical? No, Harvey Keitel did it perfectly. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. By the he's way, he's great. He's fucking awesome in this movie. And, uh, and these are the movies that get overlooked for Oscars. Man, he was fucking tight in this one. He he played that character perfectly. He. In the beginning of the movie, even we we the, the first few minutes we see him driving his kids to school, and just his interaction with his own kids and his own family, like it, it just puts you in this mood for this character. And this is a great character study movie. Yeah, uh, this is a definite check out for me. Uh, I'm gonna guess. give it a B plus. I can't even grade it because I agree it was a really good movie and I hated it and I'm never gonna watch it again. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to add a letter grade to those feelings. Okay, you don't have to. Yeah, Yeah. you don't have to. I don't think I can. Do you recommend this movie, though? I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, what were you expecting when you, when you, I first said, I was talked about this movie and then we went in and we, we watched it, like, right before then, what, what were you expecting to happen? I was expecting an anti-hero that maybe got some redemption at the end. But not redemption in the way you thought. Yeah. It was the redemption he ends up serving <laughs> isn't the one of necessarily of justice. Right. It's of forgiveness. Yeah. Which he really isn't a part of. Right, which he, he doesn't get to make that call. He, exactly. Yeah, he's a cop. He should have arrested these yeah. guys. But he makes the 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 move to to redeem these men. And I think that, that, that that's important. I think that decision he makes is important. Because you can't always follow your rules or your guidelines all the time with things yeah the nun should i believe should have said something i believe um that harvey keitel had a decision to make in this movie and uh, it might not have been the best one but he made a decision yeah that wasn't self-serving yes so i mean that's that's why i like this movie a lot is because it's it's not because of the things that he has done, it's about the thing that he does. Yeah. And which makes me really respect Abel Ferreira as a filmmaker and these actors in this movie who I'm sure uh, it was tough to do some of these things. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, but that's just a mark of a great director and a great actor who really carry this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a hard watch, and I keep saying that. It's a yeah, tough watch. It is. But it's it's a movie I think should be watched by people. You don't have to love it. You don't have to give it a letter grade. You don't ever have to see it again. But I, yeah. this is something I think people should watch. Mm-hmm. Great character story. A great, great character study, man. Um, yeah. And uh, that's that's our little review for Bad Lieutenant. So that's Bad Lieutenant. It's, uh, don't, don't expect... What you would think from this movie. Yeah. Don't expect this is like some crazy film where lots of lights, lots of quick cuts, action, and shootings and, and stuff. Yeah, there are shootings in this movie, but it's... Uh, before my new favorite scene, my other favorite scene in this movie was 
when um, Harvey Keitel, I mean, he's down 30 grand right now, and this he's about to make, hopefully he's hoping to make about 60 grand right now. But, um, so he's listening to the game on his radio in his car, and he's like, all right, all right, everything's, come on, man, you can hit the home run, let's, let's win this game. And the the player ends up striking out, and you hear it on the radio, and he goes, nuts! He pull, pulls over his car and he shoots the radio because <laughs> he's so upset. And then he just puts his siren on and speeds off and he starts doing the Harvey Keitel cry, which he does a lot in this movie. Har- Harvey Keitel cries and he has that unique cry that he does in, in other movies too. It's like, <laughs> and my brother and I used to always kid about this that that uh-huh. cry and then we'd cry and we'd do that noise to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hard we Anyway, um, so that's about it this week. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next. Not too much shit to do, so we yeah. watch movies. Do you know? Oh, it's my movie next week. Yeah, I know. I better start thinking. You better. I'm gonna wash the taste of Bad Lieutenant out of my mouth. <laughs> start thinking about my movie. <laughs> All right. Do you think you're going to go like in an opposite direction of this one, or is it... I don't know. Last time I chose a kid's movie, so I'm definitely not doing that again. Oh, nice. Um, But I don't know what I'm going to pick. I don't know. All right, cool. Well, check us out next week, and you'll find out. Yep. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Apart from you and your 